Hey, Bob and Joyce listeners, Bob Stapleton here. In today's episode, Joyce and I get granular on all things HR. Joyce kind of started with a little bit of a bee in her bonnet where she feels that we've been focusing uh, more on OD topics than HR. So we wanted to give HR its due in today's conversation. It was really kind of a spaghetti session where we just pick a topic, talk about it, and then pick another one and another one. But we provide in today's episode some examples on uh, how to break into HR and how to grow in HR. And I provide some uh, experiences from the arc of my career. We discuss the multifaceted nature of HR. There's so many different functional areas. And that's what attracts many of us, but it also can frustrate us. And then we get into the topic of how do you balance the day-to-day, the urgent, while moving the needle on what matters most in HR. We discuss a whole lot more, but let's get started. Come in, grab a snack, welcome. Hey, Bob. Hey, Joyce. How are you? Good. Wanting to grab a snack and join you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm coming on in. Um, So I was thinking... Uh, that we have been pretty OD oriented. Oh, but first, here's something we haven't said in a while. We want to support HROD people, especially inside of company or a large company, to do bolder work, higher impact work, and to be strategically part of the discussion and to be a leader. And if that is why we're doing this. I think we wrote a lovely introduction and talked about it a lot and then kept cutting it shorter and then kicked it off. We want to help you do older, high-impact, important work because the country is screaming for leadership. So I think I'll stop there. And I think we've been kind of uh, OD-oriented lately, so I wanted to jump in and kind of focus on HR for a little bit. And Bob, just give me your, so I'm going to ask you a few questions and then you can say whatever you want. Okay. What's been your, your, your job path, <laughs> your stepping stones in and out of HR? <laughs> oh boy. It's, yeah. I don't know whether it's, it's one that I would consider a model. Um, I, I came up, as you know, I'm, it was in the grocery business and I, right. I uh, was a manager and hired as uh, someone who at least they thought had some potential. And I went through a number of operations positions, um, including being a buyer, yeah. uh, which I had no right being in that role. But <laughs> all way to say what I learned over the first five or six years working was that I was more interested in the people side of the business and particularly how organizations run and the importance of what I I thought HR could be. So I kind of threw my hat in the ring and said, you know, I've got great operations background, uh, but I, uh, my love, whether it's with this company or not, I want to go into HR. And it, it came to fruition. And I was uh, in charge of HR operations, which meant that I had field people reporting to me. And I also had the employment function. Uh, which is uh, talent acquisition in today's uh, nomenclature. Um, and I stayed in HR in a number of positions, ultimately uh, being the head of HR at Food Lion. Um, but where were you? What, what role were you in right before Food Lion? HR? I was the head of HR for Hannaford Southeast. 
Okay, great. And um, I, I guess what, what I found interesting is you've talked a lot about um, learning and being curious and scrounging around. When I went into those positions, even though I was working on my uh, organizational behavior uh, masters, I had no practical experience in HR. So I was kind of learning as I went and you came on board or you were on board uh, with HR and uh, you were a great source of uh, looking at the potential of what HR could be. Um, and it just deepened my love uh, for all things HR. So probably one of the fun, most fun positions I had, and then I'll, I'll throw it back to you, is um, after spending a lot of times on the HR operation transactional side, performance management, I had an opportunity to be the head of organizational development at uh, Food Lion. And I know we want to talk about HR. Well, that's okay. But, but the HR grounding and knowing the business and, and coming out of operations, I think the combination of those two really set me up perfectly to be an OD. And so when you left Food Lion, what was your title? Oh, my gosh. Uh, it, <laughs> did you go from OD back to operations for a while? Oh, yeah. Back I, to retail. I, I was the organizational development head, and we had a struggling division uh, that uh, was essentially dying. We weren't yeah. investing in it, uh, you know, and, and uh, we had underperforming stores, underperforming leadership. So they asked me to go back out into operations after spending the previous 12 years in mm -hmm. HR. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's such a great um, experiment. <laughs> they, might, they didn't see it that way, but it really is. Well, I, I would tell you uh, that Meg uh, uh, Ham, who's the president of uh, Food Lion, would say that I was even though I didn't have all the operations depth of experience into the, the weeds and the details, she said I was exactly the right person to be put in that position because it was about, mm -hmm. it was, it, it was about changing people's mindset mm -hmm. um, of being uh, regarded as a losing division and how do you turn mm. it around and yeah. how do you create momentum to kind of get yourself out of the hole, which is all things HROD. And so, the, you know, the big question is, and so how would you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, we still have stores out there, um, meaning that, uh, I mean, clearly, if you looked at the strategic landscape, uh, we saw a, an exit strategy and we're deploying it. Um, and, and not only did it, we breathe, we breathe new life uh, into certain markets, uh, but we went into a market, uh, Greenville Spartanburg, that we had we had no presence in. Mm -hmm. So it, I mean, the fact that there was confidence that this division could break into a new market uh, was a game changer. And you know, uh, the proof in the pudding is in the eating. Uh, we still have stores there. Did we did we uh, take some stores out, which we always do? Yes, sure. Um, but I feel that it, it was. Um, and we had some of the best financial results, not in absolute dollars, but in terms of percentage increase, percentage profitability. So there you have it. Yay! That's Yay. We really we need to write that up. 
Um, what's the one HR skill is what I'm trying not to say, but what's the one HR skill that you applied there more than anything else? HR, then I'll ask OD. Uh, so if I think, um, if you think about HR, I mean, we put it under, under 110 HR, mm -hmm. but in mm -hmm. many respects, it's, it's a number of subset organizations, whether it's comp and benefits, yeah. uh, recruiting, uh, OD, um, uh, you know, it's, so if I think about what I was able to do, uh, like much like twirling plates, um, I, I literally uh, was working on about four or five very strategic initiatives, um, processes uh, that kind of pulled from the discipline of running an integrated HR department. I know that sounds too theoretical. Yeah, I was going to say name one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we shifted the whole mer merchandising scheme. Mm -hmm. that, that, that flipped it on its head and it wasn't led on by profitability or what Food Lion did. It, it was predicated on what our customers wanted. So mm -hmm. a very practical ex example of that is uh, we, we used to have all of our pork prepackaged um, in, a, in a, you know, a distribution center somewhere in the Midwest. And we cut right against the grain and went back to cutting pork Mm -hmm. um, products in the store, which for anyone who knows the South, uh, that, that's probably the main staple in a meat department. Mm -hmm. So there's an example from a marketing standpoint. We had a taboo against any local produce being uh, purchased. And we flipped that on its head. I gave a number of stores an opportunity to partner with farmers, um, you know, and uh, uh, and that really worked. Um, so meat management. Uh we created a structure where, um, you know, we met as a leadership group, meaning my direct reports, and then we pulled everyone in each quarter, uh, and and that included a handful of store managers to talk about strategy, to talk about goal setting. Um, that I think it, the traditional is that you go to a meeting and get told what to do, right? And this was one where we got together and we decided as a team. Uh, what we were going to do. So there, there it's on the sliding continuum between HR and OD. Can you think yeah. of something well, that's old fashioned HR that had a high impact or that you did? Well, this is going to sound. Did you have to change salaries or anything because well, of that shift? Two things. Uh, and this may seem harsh, but not everybody was cut out for this new challenge. Right. And uh, that included both uh, district managers store managers, but probably more importantly, people that worked in support of the stores. So mm. I went through a very methodical process to take a look at, at the performance of everyone uh, that was supporting our stores and, and made the call about who was not positioned well, yeah, head wasn't in the game. And, yeah. and I went about in a very deliberate way, reconstituting my leadership team. Mm -hmm. uh, even even to the point where it it ran against the grain of the organization, meaning that some of those support people reported to corporate, not to me. Yeah, yeah. And I would go to the corporate person and say, you know, 
you can be a part of the interview process, but I'm going to be the oldest decision maker mm-hmm. of who takes that position. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I didn't care how much it may have uh, displeased <laughs> some people. That's, that's a mild word. Boy, that's that a, a good example. Uh, what? Is, is that a good example? Yes, you get a very good grade on granularity. <laughs> I, thought I, was, I thought I was defaulting back into OD too much. No. And, and well, I, it, they, that's because, and hello, people out there, we are doing this together because <laughs> HROD partnerships are a beautiful thing. Um, so now I'm going to switch. And then um, uh, here's what I'm interested in. When you were in re- uh, only HR, that was your focus. Can you take a day and kind of say what buckets your f- focus was on? Like, was it policy? Was it compensation? Was it supporting OD in a large change effort? What, what, was it a tricky termination? Yeah. Like, give a, an example maybe of a day or where your focus, forget a day, where was your primary focus in percentages of time if you can? <laughs> and you, you know, have a PhD. That, I'll t- that is a great question because in all the positions that I had up to that point in time coming into HR, there, there was a certain predictability of how your day evolved mm-hmm. and how it went. Um, and a cadence that you could count on, for the most part. Uh, as the head of HR, um, I first went in knowing that I could not over schedule any day of the week. Mm-hmm. And so I typically had some gaps in my schedule that allowed me to proactively go out and have conversations, whether it be with my employment, um, recruiting people, whether it be my diversity. Um, and so I'd say every day had me touching, uh, a, a, an area based on either a conversation I had with their boss. Um, and so being visible and, and being out there, uh, connecting. Initiating your own content in those, yeah. In the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, strategic meetings. So if we're looking at putting in a new process, uh, if we're reviewing, um, our pay structures, benefit structures, uh, revamping, which we ended up doing our, our uh, retirement programs. Um, I, I didn't get into the weeds, but I, I was always a part of the conversations mm-hmm. that ultimately proceeded going to either the board of directors or the executive committee. Mm-hmm. So in any given day, there's, there's typically something like that playing in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it's not unusual, but as uh, an officer of the company, I not only had a team, I was also a member of another team, the mm-hmm. CEO's team. So every day involved uh, some level of connecting either as a group or individually with one of my uh, peers. And then there's um, the unexpected. So there's, there's a yeah. big, there's the big unexpected gap. You know, if, if, if my CEO called and said, look, I really need your help with something. Guess what? Uh, yeah. Everything kind of fell to the wayside and uh, I'm in my car heading over to uh, his or her office. So, um, Yeah, I used to say to my people that got frustrated with interruptions, I'd say that, that those are your most important work. Yeah, well, it's funny <laughs> that you say that because w- for years when I started in HR, I was so frustrated. Mm-hmm. I-, I knew that we had to have better recruiting 
systems and processes. I knew we had to have more robust ways of designing our comp structure, um, uh, that we needed to look at how leadership, uh, you know, where the gaps are in terms of what they need in terms of experiences or training. I'm not crazy about the mm-hmm. word training. So to me, those are the proactive, make a difference, uh, you know, to the company's success. Yeah, move the needle. Move the needle. And early on, I'm like, I never, I never get to moving the needle. Mm-hmm. Because I, I would live in, um, and I think it was my default, um, I would live in the unexpected. It, it was important work. It was urgent. It needed to be addressed, but it filled my day. Yeah, I think everybody, boy, struggles with that. I had another really great question and it went away. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come back. It always comes back, Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't right now. Um, What's the toughest HR work that you did that you lost sleep on? Not OD, pure HR, if there is such a thing. Uh, Some of the big decisions that impacted every person in the organization, an example, that would be if we're uh, redesigning our comp structure. Mm -hmm. You know, so we're going to strategically pay some positions more, some positions less. Mm -hmm. If we were to revamp our uh, uh, bonus structure, uh, our reward structure, yeah, th- those were perhaps that's those are moving the needle conversations. Yeah, but the consequences of getting it right or not getting it right are huge. Did you uh, ever get it right? I might remember our HR boss said you can never get compensation right. And I argued with him. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'll tell you where I, I think I got it right. And I'll um, kind of sanitize the example, but I'm sure HR folks out there can relate to it. Sometimes those changes are organizational imperatives that ultimately are takeaways. You know, we're, we have this, we're mm-hmm. going to replace it with that. Yeah. And uh, to me, the angst uh, and, and sweaty palms are uh, you don't have a great story to tell. And there are rationales and context. But at the end of the day, someone's going to open their paycheck or at the end of the year, they're going to get their bonus and it's going to be different than they have in the past. So where I think I've got it right is I'm an optimist. I always uh, am leaning towards putting the most positive spin and for people that have listened to this podcast, you know this about me. Um, and in some communications, in some areas, you just got to tell it the way it is. You know, don't sugarcoat it. Yeah, because you look like a fool if, if you do. It's hard to cause pain. Um, it is. And what, I've learned, what, I, what I've learned. Come on is, in, grab a snack. Grab a snack. I'm on <laughs> Take the a way. popcorn. Uh, um, sorry that was, that. Is that a uh, does that take moving the needle away? Is that a call that? Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I know you I'll are. That's another question. Where did that question go? Oh, you know that uh, optimists don't predict reality well at all. Pessimists no. do. No. <laughs> but then there's no needle at all if you don't have the optimists. Um, here's a. 
I think there's a structural issue, or I experienced it at the global level, of where OD should sit as a server, as a leader. Um, I had a learning reporting to me. Learning felt they should be over OD. There was we had a little kerfluffle about that, and actually, I had to let the person go. Say, hey, you know, this is how it's going to be, and I would love for you to stay, but we got to quit doing a power battle, I really am the VP of OD. And, but anyhow, that's, I don't want to get into that. What I'm wondering about is structurally, should OD be over HR? Should HR be over OD? Or should there be another name like organizational effectiveness, except that's more technically oriented? What's the umbrella? Or, you know, I'm just thinking structures of the future. How? how yeah, it's it's it, that's a hard question. Is a people strategic officer with OD and HR under it? I, I, I and I people who are listening. I am. This is how you create new structures. You just babble until something emerges. But do you do you see a need for it at all? I, gosh, I thought you were going somewhere else. So I'm yeah, gonna go where you want. I'm going to lay out what I my experience tells me is the right way to go. Um, I'm, I'd be concerned with OD being the umbrella or, mm -hmm. um, you know, being uh, literally the leader of all HR. Yeah. I'm, I'm equally not for having the OD or at least the head of OD reporting into the CEO. Um and the reason I, I feel strongly about that way is, is um, credibility, meaning as the head of HR, assuming you're the OD person, you have to have some intimate knowledge of each one of the functions that are reporting up to you. You don't have to be the expert, but you do have to have uh, credibility and can sit at the table and ask the right questions. You could do that, Joyce. I'm not sure that every OD practitioner can nor would want to. What, what I found interesting, and this will be by way of example, we had a lot of questions about whether diversity, the head of diversity should report to the CEO uh, and, and sit at that table. Uh, and uh, I, I ultimately argued, much like I would with OD, that having diversity live inside HR and so many of the systems and processes that create fairness or to take bias out of the system. Yeah. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, Joyce, having OD does the same thing because you always bring in a nuance to HR practitioners, particularly on uh, the, the qualitative side or quantitative side, I'm sorry, uh, of, of comp and benefits and recruiting, you know, more of the transactional side, that's where OD, I think, can have the greatest influence living inside the umbrella, not on top of. So there you go. There's my... Yeah, no, and I think, well, I think, and I wonder if there, I'd love to hear from listeners, if there is an inherent uh, tension, and that tension could be relieved by having a something else over HR, OD, project management, organizational effectiveness. And I don't know if it would be change, strategic change. Yeah, I, it's fine that you say that. As I was listening to you, my, my thoughts went to 
Um, if you think about uh, strategy, um, mm-hmm. uh, that could be an area that I could see OD uh, being a part of mm-hmm. um, because strategy impacts touches every part of the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't like the fact that it sits outside of HR, but my experience has been uh, primarily as OD people talking to me as the head of HR is who drives the agenda. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes there's this pool between what HR thinks that OD should be involved in and doing. And then there's a, a, a distinction of what the organization demands. So it's always kind of a pull, push and pull. Yeah, uh, and, and maybe that's a good creative tension like merchandising. And- oh yeah. yeah. Um, I'm pausing because I'm thinking. <laughs> nothing's coming up. No, I, 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 think, I know. I think we've unearthed a not so subtle nuance of the tension, and I think I I, I think we bumped into it too. Um, but we, you and I, both did a lot of selling of our ideas and calming people down about losing power. Instead, say, "Come on in, the sandbox bid. Come on in." Um, but I think there's going to be a something else. I, well, here's what I think is difficult. In ma- we did matrix uh, structures, <laughs> which I don't know if it killed momentum or not. But I don't like H. I don't like, or I guess, yes, I'm clear now. I don't like to see OD as a consultant pool to be used internally. Yeah, where they only serve. Yeah. So, and I was lucky enough to be a leader and seen as a leader in OD. So I had strict, a lot of strategic input or heavy duty decision input. So I, I'm trying to think what is the umbrella over all of this that is the strategic change, and that's where I'm settling. But wow. I don't like to see, or I want a differentiation between OD doing change work and OD serving. Yeah. So, yeah. Gosh, why would we open this? Yeah. Well, we're close yeah. to time, but I'll and I'm by no means there won't be a a pretty ribbon put on this conversation. Yes, there will. You're going to put a pretty ribbon on it. So here you go. Okay. If, is this the ribbon? Yes. If I okay. think about HR today, there are so many uh, resources. Uh, both from an IT standpoint and a uh, B2B service that you can offload uh, so many administrative tasks, whether it's a call center, your comp structure, pay. uh, And I could see um, someone being kind of the shared services guru that manages that. And it's all external. You see that a lot in startups and smaller companies. Yeah. Where, where the the you know all your your one HR person reports up the finance and everything is is offloaded. I could see taking that model and having and I'm going to contradict myself uh, more of an eight uh, an OD umbrella, mm-hmm. and and it would probably broaden their tent. Meaning, I think uh, recruiting might be a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. Diversity. I don't know. I, I'm. Well, I, I think that the title. Go ahead. Do your ribbon. Well, 
Well, I'm almost. <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> Try that, Bo. I'm, I'm coming around to uh, the tension between the transactional quantitative part of HR, which with 21st century uh, solutions can be essentially offloaded. Mm-hmm. And, and what would remain would be those qualitative, absolutely critical roles that HR plays um, that OD is a big part of as well. Well, that's why I'm still using my umbrella. Here's my ribbon. Go ahead. As I talk, I think both HR and OD and other functions belong under a strategic, a strategic change officer. And that would be project management, OD, HR, um, help me more. Um, the <laughs> I had one, but anyhow, uh, I think it's because, yeah, that's, that's where I'm ending. I think there needs to be, there is a tension between HR and OD. The, the, the boundaries blend. We handled that beautifully. Not many people do. There's a huge power, a subtle power pull. Yeah. And I think there needs to be coordination at the very top of all change efforts. This may uh, displease or anger some of our listeners. Uh, but if I, if I think of the best HR uh, officers, meaning the head of HR yeah. in organizations, almost to a person, those best people bring a strong OD organizational structure and strategy, uh, you know. Kind mm-hmm. of a, yeah, that's true. So, you know, and the people I'd be angering, you know, if I come up through compensation, does that mean I don't, I don't have an opportunity? I don't know. Um, well, of course anyway. you do, if you, and we'll talk about that later, if you have an open posting system or a talent marketplace. We both have these raggedy ribbons kind of on the floor, all cut They're up. Beautiful. They're, They're beautiful. It's fringe. It's fringe. So um, yeah, let's 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 uh, let people get about their day, and hopefully they finish their. Snack. And may the conversation begin about the partnership between HR and OD, and bumping it up to bold strategic change work. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at bobandjoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe. And even better, give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others to find the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce podcast. Until the next time, be well and be safe.